Welcome to, to the, the Green, Green Tea. Tea. I'm Miss Armstrong. I'm Jad. And we have some special guests with us here today. I'm Ashley Gallagher. Elise Finnerty. Annie Kelly. Althea Olson. Jared Allen. And Zachary Solomon. Alrighty, they are from my AP Biology class, and they are going to be informing us of um, both food insecurity and loss of biodiversity. Um, again, just like uh, in our last podcast, um, they are doing a We Service project. Um, so they will be explaining some of their research in just a moment. Um, but let's start off with a community weekly update. Yes. Our water bottle filling station is upwards of 20,000 at the moment, Hello and there. we got the filter installed. So the water is back on green. So enjoy that. Nice. And uh, today was the last day of school. So we're starting finals. Yay. And the question of the day is... What are the root causes of food insecurity globally? Alrighty, we're going to start off with our first group. They're going to be talking about uh, food insecurity. Here they go. Did you guys hear that food insecurity is a very big epidemic in the world today? What is food insecurity? Food insecurity is a state of being without reliable access to a sufficient quantity of affordable, nutritious food. How... Massive is food insecurity in Massachusetts. Well, in eastern Massachusetts, one in nine children are affected by food insecurity, and nationally, one in six are. It's measured and defined by the U.S. Department of Agriculture as lack of access at times to enough food for an active, healthy life for all household members. What is it globally? Around the world... Up to 795 million people do not have enough food to lead a healthy, active lifestyle. And this includes about one in nine people living on Earth. The worst case was in 2017 in northeastern Nigeria, Somalia, Yemen, and South Sudan. Nearly 32 million people were affected by food insecurity and in need of urgent assistance. The famine was declared in two counties of South Sudan and February of 2017. Although humanitarian assistance has thus far contributed towards preventing large-scale famines, humanitarian needs remain exceptionally high across the four countries. What are people doing to help? I heard that the World Food Program, UN, bring global assistance to 80 million people in 80 countries and continuously respond to emergencies. Also, they attempt to prevent future insecurity by building food and obtaining strength. I also heard that the World Bank, led by the UN, collects food to build a food system that can feed everyone everywhere every day. Okay, I also heard that the Food and Agricultural Organization of the UN makes sure that people have regular access to high-quality foods to lead an active, healthy lifestyle. And how is Massachusetts helping? In Massachusetts, they have community gardens to grow food for those in need without having them pay for the food. Additionally, soup kitchens give out meals to the homeless and hungry. And what can we do to help? We can set up food drives like the one we've been doing in our school for the past few days in our community to help collect food for our food banks. We can also set up fundraisers and give the proceeds to charities fighting food insecurity like Meals on Wheels or the UNICEF. In addition, school, schools like our own, 50% of lunches are... And then 80% of the, that 50% is free. Lastly, 
our own community gives 50% of our students free reduced lunch, and 80% of those are on free lunch, and the food from our food drives or the money that we collect can also directly help those students because they are also affected by food insecurity. Thanks for listening. So now we are on to our second group. Uh, they will be talking about loss of biodiversity. So through our research, we found that the loss of biodiversity is a very major global impact to a lot of the reasons why contemporary ecosystems are reaching their decline. We specifically looked at the economical impact, the impact of loss of biodiversity and its impact on ecological succession, how the impacts of invasive species has on humans. We also looked at how the spread of invasive species is a very crucial part to the loss of biodiversity. We looked at how safe traveling and developing awareness in developing countries may all be solutions to helping. Through my research, I discovered that invasive species serve an ongoing threat to the loss of biodiversity globally. Specifically, plant invasive cause negative impacts such as denurturing the soil and making it almost impossible for other species to prosper and grow. According to the research constructed by the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health, the introduction and in in spread of invasive alien species is a leading cause of biodiversity loss. Invasive species are particularly destructive to island species and ecosystems. Specifically, 75% of recorded terrestrial vertebrate extinctions took place on the islands. Invasive species also often dominate habitats, causing an overall scare to loss of biodiversity. Biology Biodiversity is a very crucial part for an ecosystem's product productivity and substantial ability. Everything in one ecosystem must work together and do its part. <laughs> biodiversity is needed for this, so life can prosper naturally. Invasive species interrupt this process. When looking at the futuristic perspective of invasive species, it allows for individuals to look at human health effects. Specifically, according to the European Environment Agency, the Asian tiger mosquito has been linked to more than 20 diseases, including yellow fever. It has come to Europe mainly through the intercontinental trade. As climate change begins to progress, the amount of these mosquitoes is only going to grow. So as invasive species are a modern-day problem needing contemporary solutions, Things that may occur in the future will have a major impact on the on ecosystems that will thrive within the future. Some examples of invasive species are Asian carp, zebra mussel, cane toad, European starling, and the kudzu. Asian carp it is native to parts of Asia and was introduced to North America and Europe, and it got here because it was brought over as food and it was also part of the pet trade and sport fishing. They're a problem because they're very large, have big appetites, and they reproduce very quickly, so they take food and the habitat away from native fish, and they prey on the eggs of other fish species, which lowers the amount of fish in, native fish in the area. Zebra mussel, they're native to Central Asia, and they were introduced to Russia, Europe, and North America, and they got here because they were brought over as ballast water, which is water carried by ship to help them stay balanced while at sea. And they were a problem because the population grows very quickly and it reduces food for native fish in the area. 
the cane toad was native to Central America and was introduced to many warm countries, such as like Australia. And they got here because they were brought over to, as a way to control crop pests. And they're a problem because they work too well. Many animals that attempt to eat a cane toad die, usually just die because in their native habitat, they had natural predators, but when they're introduced to places like, like Australia, they did not have any predators. So the population just grew exponentially and they reproduced very, very quickly. So that also caused their um, numbers to increase. The European starling is native to Europe, Asia, and Northern Africa, and it was introduced to places like North America, uh, Southern Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. And they got here because they were brought over as a way to control pests, much like the cane toad. And it was also brought over, brought over by a, a group of people who were trying to introduce all the birds mentioned in the works of Shakespeare into North America. They are a problem because many times there are more than 3,000 birds in, a, in one flock, and they can cause serious damage to a farm. And they fight with native species over food and territory, which can reduce the numbers of that native species. Kudzu is native to Eastern Asia and some Pacific islands, and it was introduced to North America and Europe. And they got here as because they were sold as plants for gardens and for eating. And they're a problem because they can grow very big in one day, and it can smother other plants, stopping them from having access to sunlight. And when they are rooted into the ground, they're extremely difficult to get rid of. Some things you can do to help reduce the amount of invasive species is verify that the plants that you're buying for your yard or garden, that they're non-invasive. You have to double check that they are native to the environment and will not cause harm to any other species. When you're boating, clean your boat thoroughly before transporting it to a different body of water so no invasive species are transferred from one place to another. Um, before you hike, you can clean your boots so that no weeds, seeds, or pathogens can get to other areas. Um, you can not move firewood that may because they may contain other pests or bugs that can hurt the environment. Do not release release aquarium fish and plants because they can cause harm to native species that they're not used to. And you can volunteer at local park, refugee, or other wildlife area to help remove invasive species. The economic impact of um, the loss of biodiversity, uh, specifically due to invasive species, is actually pretty huge. Annually, about $1.4 trillion of revenue is lost, mainly in agriculture and certain plants that are used for industrial uh, applications. Specifically, about $120 billion alone is lost in the United States. The Department of Interior will use roughly $100 million every year to counteract this issue and the Massachusetts Department of Conservation spends over 300000 alone on the state level combating just one invasive species, is the zebra mussels. Annually, roughly $13 billion worth of revenue from crops alone is lost in the United States, and in Mexico, $80 million worth of cactus is lost, which is an important uh, food item in their culture. So is there anything we can do to help? Yes, indeed there is. In Massachusetts specifically, our global area, much is being done to control the amount of invasive species. Um, specifically, one thing that we 
took on was the garlic mustard challenge, and by doing this, we were able to remove one invasive species that is popular within our local areas. When talking globally, there are many solutions to help um, control invasive species, which will evidently help the loss of biodiversity. In more detail, um, there are many global volunteer groups and taking part in controlling the amount of invasive species they see. The the Honolulu Challenge has already received five commitments towards meeting its aim. Um, By doing this, they are plan to, by 2050, eradicate all the invasive species they have on their islands. And one place that um, invasive species are most common are in developing nations. This is because that as countries begin to develop and become more industrialized in the future, there is not enough informative information that is being spoken spoken towards these countries to control their invasive species. And by informing developing nations about the impacts of invasive alien species, they will be able to emerge their economies in a successful way that will allow for loss of biodiversity to lessen and the amount of invasive species to decrease. Thanks Thanks for for listening. All righty. We have now heard from three different groups from my AP biology class uh, so they could earn a service learning credit. Uh, And let's answer the question of the day. What are the root causes of food insecurity worldwide? The answer is poverty and drought. Yes. And I feel like climate change is going to only make that worse, unfortunately. And now, 30 seconds with Zach. Hi, I'm here now. Ready? Ready? Go. Okay. Uh, Over the summer, we're going to be like, doing stuff and being cool cats um we're gonna be camping like end of june that's gonna be fun i'm gonna build a hut and none of these losers invited because cool kids only um we're also gonna go strawberry picking um mid-june there's also rockland day make sure you do uh go to that on june 15th that'll be exciting um show some representation time's up The next step, going along with today's um, subject of food insecurity and the work that Ms. Armstrong's AP Bio class has done, we would like to remind you guys to be mindful of how much you're consuming, plastic products, what you're putting in your compost, and to always be grateful. (laughs) For what nature gives you. Yes. And always be nice to nature. Try not to waste. Think about how much food you're looking at and are you going to eat it all and what you're going to do with the leftovers if you don't. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, like, comment, and keep on listening. Share this podcast with your friends, your family. We are on Stitcher and now iTunes. Thank you to WRPS for hosting our podcast every week. And a special thank you to Zach Webb for music. Bye! Bye! Bye.